What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 26 of Cake and Conversation. I'm your host, Jay Vite, and uh, this is going to be one of my favorite episodes. I'm excited to get this published. It's long overdue. Uh, when I took that two-year accidental hiatus at certain points when I was wanting to record the show again or thinking about it at least, I was telling my buddy, Louie, Louie Salinas, I was telling him he's going to be my first guest back. Hey, what's your favorite dessert? I'm recording with you. Bring the show back. Finally got this show going again. And um, this is the fourth episode since I've restarted it. And I knew quickly. It's like, hey, man, let's meet up. Our schedule's lined up. I drove back down to like my hometown area. And we were able to hang out for a little bit and record. Um, he's somebody I respect both personally and professionally. He's hardworking. He's a genuine guy. Authentic empathetic and just super talented bartender he's probably forgotten more about bartending than most people will even know and he's only 27 years old so decade of experience already only 27 um i've been wanting to sit down and record with him like i said for a long time he wanted to do carrot cake which i always love when people choose carrot cake because it's underrated in my opinion and uh, daniela barrera was kind enough to donate it to the show and since her and Louie also kind of know each other from around town, um, she was cool with wanting to sit in and be a part of some of the conversation. So it was the three of us, I believe, for about the first the first uh, two segments. Every time Louie and I hang out, we end up, we could talk for hours. And even this time, we could have recorded multiple segments for multiple episodes. So with that being said, this episode is going to go over the hour mark, but it's definitely worthy of the time. I'll wrap up this opening segment by saying thank you again, because it's it's really badass that you press play on my show with all the content out there. So without further ado, here's my conversation with the bartender, Louis Salinas. Cool, so we're here with Louis, and I'm here with Daniela as well. So I have the baker for the show and we did carrot cake this week. And uh, yeah, as soon as she comes back in with some plates, I'm going to have her tell us about this carrot cake, like how you put it together, what's in there, how you made it. This is not a plate, but I was so picked up anyway. Hey, hey, <laughs> Whatever. Can it can get used. It's flat. It's a plate. We can eat off of it. We can eat with our hands too. Um, Shoot, growing up so... poor, we have paper napkins as plates sometimes. Or when you're eating like ramen noodle soup out of the red solo cups even because you don't need exactly. a bowl or a plate. Yeah. Yeah. You got a little waste of spoons. <laughs> So carrot cake was super simple. I think the older I am getting and the more I am getting, I think into my craft, uh, the more you simple hey, you're very old. that I've just yeah I am old. Twenty seven, <laughs> going on twenty eight. <laughs> um, no, but, but the <laughs> the older I'm getting, the more I'm kind of learning simplicity. Sometimes is key, and I just that's what I did with the cake. Kept it simple. And I hope you guys enjoy. It looks ridiculously yummy. Thanks. What we got in there is it, is it raisins? Some raisins, uh, some pecans on the top. I threw in some pineapple in there. Gen Z might not like this cake because it's got raisins, but <laughs> I, I mean, grow up. A lot of people hear a carrot cake, they think healthy. I don't want a vegetable with my dessert, but it's actually delicious. 
as long as it's good, dude, they are literally, I mean, well, avocado is not a vegetable, but they are literally making cakes and desserts that are avocado based and not banana based. You know, they usually they throw bananas like in smoothies and shit. Literally don't. But if you think about it, avocado don't have a fucking flavor. It's just like maybe kind of sort of sweet. It's just like texture and like kind of sweet. That's like, have y'all heard about I mean, like the sweet potato like brownies and shit? That sounds. Oh delicious. shit! Wow. It sounds amazing though. Sweet potato wow. brownies sounds awesome. I don't like sweet potato fries, but oh, yeah. I, I like sweet potatoes in like some dishes, so to say. Yeah. Sweet potato. Yeah. I really don't like sweet potato fries, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know where your fork's at. Let me see. You just gotta bare hand the cake. Yeah, I guess. Well, that's what I did. I'm for people because we can't see this. Everybody listening, I'm I'm six bites into this cake, just bare hand freestyle. Thank you, Char. More flavor when you do it with the hands. Yeah, as we were talking carrot cake, this was your go-to. Like, obviously, if you're like me, I like gummy bears and gummy worms and stuff. And that was your first thought. But you were like, no, hey, I want to do a dessert for the show, so why carrot cake over, like, a chocolate or a cheese or whatever? I don't know. I just I think of, like, gummy bears and stuff like that as snacks, so to say, or is this just more a dessert? You think Plastic dessert, style. you think baked, something baked, something made, like, Something made with love, so you know, basically. You remember your first time having it growing up, to where it caught you off guard? Like I ain't about to eat this, and then your mom's like, "Here, eat it," or your grandma or aunt, or anything like sticks out with it, or no? Wait, say it again. Like growing up, you remember first time having it, or, or thinking like, "Oh, I actually like carrot cake." Um, I wasn't really too picky as a kid, and I think just like one day my grandma had made it, and I just remember loving it. And anytime my grandma ever asked me to make her whatever I wanted for my birthday, I told her carrot cake. Oh, so giving a birthday dessert. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of my grandma. That's cool. Is your grandma still around? Absolutely, or? yeah. She just turned 70 this year. She's going strong. We're all close growing up. Because I'm a grandma's boy myself. She helped raise me like when my mom's working a lot. And I call her mom. We call her mom? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I call her mom. So then growing up, it was you, your mom, grandma. She was the one babysitting you like before after school. and. So I guess you can say my mom, now that I'm 27, my mom raised me about a fourth of my life. And I was raised mostly by my grandparents on both sides, on my mom and my dad's side. I call both grandparents on both sides, mom and dad. Mom and dad. And so, uh, but I was also raised by my uncles and really by the fucking the whole community, really. Yeah. But yeah, man, my grandma's still here. And um, yeah, carrot cake was just, reminds me of her. Yeah. Carrot cake and and uh, taco, sa- uh, taco soup. Taco soup. Those are my two things. What do you want for uh, your birthday, mijito? I want carrot cake and I want taco soup and cornbread. And she hooked it up. <laughs> yeah. Everything too, where like I always feel like when you talk to people about their grandmothers, grandmothers, when people are close to their grandmas, um, you get that sweetness, but that discipline. So you're almost more willing to respect them, or like, you can learn respect at a younger age from her. But they're also going to be like on the nurturing side of it as well. Was she like that? Was she the disciplinarian for you? Like if you messed up, she did. Was uh, she chasing you with the chancla? Definitely not. Not like that. Uh, my my. My grandma actually ended up remarrying my original grandpa, my mom's dad. Uh, growing up, he used to beat. He was he was bad with everybody. He used to beat everybody. Shit, he beat the neighbors. You know, come on, beat everybody in the house, and then go next door and beat the neighbors because he's pissed off at the whole world type Equal shit. opportunity. And so, um, I guess I don't know. My grandma, I guess she obviously left that for whatever. Tired of getting fucking beat. Um. She was very nurturing. She was a little bit of an enabler, but it was always out of love. And I had my grandpa there. He was technically my step-grandpa, but I call him dad. But he was the one there for all the discipline. He had me out there cutting the grass when I was eight years old, weed eating since I was 10, like doing all that shit. You know, if I didn't say yes, sir, he what? What'd you say? Yeah. So he always made sure that I was, you know, uh, how, how was, 
that minimal respect, you know, at least. Yeah. You know, don't be going out in the world looking like an ass or a jackass or whatever. It pays it's, dividends when you start hitting like 17, 18, 19 years old looking for that first job and understanding like, hey, dude, I'm more fun. than grateful for all that. Absolutely. Yeah, because some kids, especially if you think now, I mean, we're getting to that point where we can say this younger generation, those damn kids, you know, some of them don't have that same discipline. They all get phones in their face since they were like seven or eight years old, you know. Dude, phones are fucking everybody up, bro. Yeah, fucking yeah. up relationships, families, fucking up everything. Just being stuck to a screen in general instead of being able, like, obviously when we're kids, and I mean, I got you by six years, but still similar generation. Like, we're kids, we go run outside and play. You know? Well, so I'm saying now, back then, there, there wasn't no phones. If anything, there was a TV to stare at. But, dude, back, it's, so I was actually thinking about this the other day. It really fucked me up. Phones are fucking everything up. Relationships for everything, you know. Uh, lovable relationships, family relationships, all kinds of relationships. Why? Because back then there was no phones. I, the way to connect with anybody, I had to connect with you. Yeah. I had to talk to you face to face, you know, whereas like now, like I don't need, I can connect with the whole world. I don't need to connect with the community. I don't need to connect with my family. I don't need to connect with my wife. I have a phone to connect with anybody and everybody else. And that's why that's why I personally think relationships of all kinds are fucked. Yeah, it's just a different style now. Mm-hmm. Single moms everywhere, bro. Yeah. Everywhere. Do you think there's a lot to do with technology too then? I blame it all on technology. Absolutely. Yeah. Back then, nobody had a phone to stare at. I, I, I'm not staring at a phone, so what am I doing? Anything else. Yeah. I'm outside figuring the dumb. It might seem like the dumbest of things, but I'm still figuring out life earth you know i'm not fucking imagination being blinded and being you know hypnotized by a fucking phone like i'm worried about what everyone else and anyone else is doing were you skateboarding in a young age too i know at least no i wasn't actually just very recently just kind of got into it uh i've always really liked it i watched you know tony hogg play tony hogg x games i I really love the x games and shit too but i was always a really big kid so i didn't want to i know every time i fell it was really hard so (laughs) i stretched off a skateboard i you know, you know, I'm gonna fucking longboarding for a good while, maybe about a year, and then fucking up my knee twice. And haven't been back since. I should have got the scooter. Is what it was. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even like longboard going with that style. Is you're not going for speed or trick. You're going to cruise. It's literally all for cruise. And then I got that electric longboard, and it it wasn't even how I seen it going full speed down the road. And that board, it wasn't a human flying down the road. It was a fucking just a soul flying through the universe Loading. that's how it felt that was fucking awesome yeah like nothing mattered it was a drug literally i think about that if and i probably will never get one but if i was to get a motorcycle i'm not trying to go fast I'm not trying and to i was just about to say like this exact same thing with a motorcycle but even, even even wilder times 10 yeah because you can go fucking 200 i don't want to do that Bro. i just want to cruise on a sunday <laughs> like 40 miles an hour on the street or like i'm going to the store you say that and then and then it just kicks i'm I bought a fucking longboard, not thinking I'm gonna go full speed like that, bro. Hell no! I went Eventually, full speed just... everywhere and anywhere after a while. Oh no! I went downhill on a longboard once, and it was like equally the most exciting, scary thing I've ever done in my not not ever done in my well, life. Well, I say the electric scary. longboard. There's slow some control. Was it like at least have brakes? Like yeah. that's that different. Is, I love that thing, dude. Though that thing is scary. I love it. There's I no brakes. I, I broke my heart. I had to sell it. Yeah, oh, I broke my heart so bad. I know he does. I <laughs> think you buy one again then? Obviously, you would. That's why I said I should have bought the scooter. Yeah. I you- bought an $850 longboard. I could have bought an $850 fucking scooter, bro. You could have got a whole nother whip. I could have added to the whip. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was grand, man. <laughs> 
but at the same time. I mean, you only live once, huh? Yeah. You got to so, enjoy um, yourself every day. We're thinking, like, creative-wise as a kid, like, good at drawing or ever in, like, instruments or anything. But, I mean, obviously, we're not bartending at seven, eight, nine, ten years old. But you ever notice, like, you were good at, like, maybe, like, sketching or painting or any kind of creative thing? I wasn't up, too good at art, but I, I don't know. I just felt like growing up, I, I handled any task, like, any subject. I, I killed it because, like, even in art, I wasn't a good artist. But I tell you what. Can barely spell my name. So yeah, I, I I drew a fucking Longhorn one time, thinking it was bullshit. I ended up getting third place in the fucking state fair in oh, fucking Angleton. That's awesome. And I I we fuck first time I ever was introduced to pastels and all that shit. I'm chalk. I don't know. It was a badass little fucking almost kind of like a painting. I remember exactly what it was called. Basically, it was a fucking Longhorn that I thought it's I like just whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it was like it was kind of realistic though. Look kind of realistic. All the shading you had going on, like you said, we're past. And I'm thinking this is bullshit. Like, man, and, and I was just doing it just because the teacher, I was following the teacher's instructions. It was art class, yeah. And I ended up getting third fucking place. That's cool. So it's a natural. And ability. I mean, I've had a few. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a little bit good, you know, with the pencil here and there, and but not like the greatest. But... Or something where you sit down and do it in your free time or anything. No, so it's no, one of those things not. where it's like you're good at it, but I won't say like wasted. But at, at the same time, that plays a part probably when you got into bartending. And when I think about you, creative bartender, it was seeing you a polypop. Like, I know you from El Toro. It's a Tex-Mex restaurant. Bartending has a lot to it. But when you see somebody who does, like, the creative bartending, that's a whole other style. You know, you feel like you were always trying to create or invent or try different drinks when you were still at Toro, like, playing around with stuff, like recipes. Yeah, I used to get in trouble at El Toro because I used yeah. to make my own drinks. Yeah, and they want um, you to follow their they menu. They used to hate that shit. I hate that, too. I mean, I hate when they make you follow a menu. And uh, it was just, I don't know, it's just like these people come here every day. So it's not like I'm introducing my shit to new people. It's like I see these people every day, all the time, you know, or if not every day, you know, most of the week yeah, kind of thing. Week, so it's like, it's not like these are new people. It's just people who come here all the fucking time and want to try something new. Yeah, and at that point, they trust you. Too. And they're fucking paying for it. What the fuck does it matter? Yeah. Literally fucking paying for this shit. So, but yeah, I used to get in trouble for that shit. And then... So even when Polypop opened, uh, Jonathan was always telling me, Polypop is your bar, that's your bar, that's your bar. And I was just, honestly, always scared of change, really. You know, I didn't want to leave. Didn't want to, you know, just basically scared of change. And then eventually I uh, fell right in Polypop's hands. Mm -hmm. When you first started working there, it was you and Chris pretty much, right? That were just running? Yeah, it was me and Chris. Gabby was there. Chad was here back and there and forth, back and forth. You were one running the bar. And then but Chris it was the mostly was like... me, Chris, and... Uh, Gabby did yeah, the mornings. It was mostly me and Chris. And you got a lot of freedom there with me. I mean, I know as a matter of fact, Austin was there too. Austin, uh, Kate's. He ended up going to like Dirty South, right? Her, yeah. She, uh, she's at Brody's. Oh, Brody's. So yeah, um, it was us at first. Shit, it, the dream, making stupid, stupid, stupid money. The vibe. I'm talking. The bar was so packed. We'd get out. Me and Chris weren't leaving the bar till like three in the morning on a Monday. Dang, because it'd be busy so close. Really? Close still, at 10. I was about to say, how are you there that late? Because you can't even close at 10, still leaving at 3. All the that's, how, that's on a Monday. That's wild. Bro, but we making stupid money. And honestly, I do feel bad. And I, I was the one who had pointed it out to Chris because me and Chris would have our, so to say, meetings on our, but we were already close buddies. So we'd hang out all the time anyway right. and go fucking skateboard and play frisbee golf. And that's so to say, it's like a business softball meeting, right? I know you've heard of those. Yeah. Having fun, releasing, talking about work, but releasing at the same time. Recreational. That was our meetings 
all the time. So we'd go out and fucking ride on our boards and just talk about problems all the way around. Talk about good shit, not problems, it's things that we need to work. fix, things that we need to work on, whatever. But we got to fire. Then, no. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever. And so basically it came down to, uh, I felt, I dude, I felt bad because the servers, there, there'd be three servers, so to say, on a Thursday. The first one leaving tips out 80 bucks oh, to the bartender. Second one would be like 60. Third one would be like 50 bucks. Just on tip out? Bro, 150 separate. bucks just on server tip out sometimes. drinks in the well. Because yeah. they're tipping, you know, the, the regular people, regular restaurants usually tip out the bar, the service tip out the bartenders. Yeah, it was normally was it like it's. It was like a fucking ten percent of drink sales. Ten percent of drinks. I know some restaurants do three percent of your total sales go to the bar. Oh, some do 10% bro, of and I'm sales. like, I was telling Chris, I was like, dude, don't get me wrong, I love this money, but felt bad. This shit is fuck, bro. Like Rotten. money does not control me. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. to say. And I, 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 we all, we need to be fair. Simple as that. This got to keep the circle complete. And so, um, shit, we ended up learning it down to five percent, and just still on drink sales. And, the and, is- and there's a thirty dollar cap. So if you were to make, if you're, if your sales were to add up to, so to say, oh, I have to tip the bartender fifty bucks. No, it's it. thirty bucks max. Like when I worked at Papa, though, it would do that. Even as a server, you tip out like certain percentage that goes to the busser and host. And for anybody listening that doesn't understand tip out. Um, it's like, say there's the bartender, you're at a restaurant at a table, server's bringing you the drink. It's the bartender that's making that drink when they get a ticket. So the server is tipping out the bartender for their work. So that, that's the whole tip out thing. And yeah, I worked at places where to make it more fair, you tip out off total sales. Cause say like at Polypop, those girls have a bunch of tables where they're not eating. The people are just drinking. So then that's why their tip out so high. Cause the majority of their sales is just all bar stuff. And then you're looking at 12, 13 bucks on some of those drinks. So right off the bat, you buy a 13 other drink, a dollar 30 of that goes to the bartender. Exactly. Yeah. Whether or not you tip them, that's the other and thing. And a lot too. of people just, nope, just $0. Like one and go or two and go kind of thing. Just, yeah. I'm already bar hopping anyway. The last sports bar when I was at Diablo Loco and I had to manage there, the girls paid tip out on their tips. They did it at Christian's tailgate too. Matter of fact, that was Christian's tailgate. They tipped out Diablo. a percentage of their tips. Yeah, so you kind of had to go on a little trust thing because obviously sometimes you're getting cash tip, you're not seeing it. They might not do the whole extent, yeah. but it was fair to them because you'd have a lot of people that would run up four hundred dollar alcohol tab, just drinking, watching a game, drinking buckets, 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 right? And there's no gratuity. And I think that's a little bit more them. fair because yeah, you get stiffed all yeah, the time, like, and so four hundred bucks and ten percent of that. So tipping out from this shit, I got stiffed on. Yeah. Where yeah, okay, I, so I, it I came it. out to be like. But it also sent it out rated to be 25% of your tips. So if you make 200 bucks, you're walking around 75. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, my math might be off. It was like 25% of your tips. But it was like for every 100 you made, you're walking out with 75 or 80. It might have been 20. But it's interesting how it goes in there because people don't think about it. It's like, oh, I'm not tipping. And tipping culture, too, has also changed. We can talk about this. Um, when I was working downtown um, this past summer in Houston, I'm working in like a corporate building. So there's bar, but it's like a food court almost. There's a bakery. And was that in the Galleria? I wasn't Galleria's downtown, but yeah. even Galleria's probably got the same setup now. Like, it's like a, a mall court. kind of setting, right? Yeah, well, it's the underground yeah. tunnels downtown, yeah, and you yeah. can walk through different buildings, and there's like Subway, there's dentist, you get your hair cut, there's all kinds of random restaurants. Yeah, right. it's awesome. No, it's cool. When you go down there, like I'd lived there for however many years, and until I started working there, I didn't realize like Someone told me they kind of sort of have that hidden for like the locals. Kind of, you're on the people that work. Yeah, so the locals that work there, even if they're commuting, like if you're on your lunch break, it's down there and it's like, like you said, the Galleria. Everybody's hustling up those coffee shops. 
And it's cool. Like, I, mean, I need to go to this shit. No, it's fun just to check out. Like, yeah. that's one thing with Houston as far as tourism goes. There's not a lot of exciting tourism, but sometimes, like, they'll do guided tours of the tunnels. When I'm working there, I'm like, it was kind of lame. Like, people will be walking by, and here's the Bank of America Tower. But, oh, what I was saying is, like, as far as the tipping culture goes, like, say you go here at the bakery, right? And you want to order food, order a drink, right on the tablet when you run the thing, the next automatic thing is tip. And it's like, you almost want to ask. I'm like, hey, if you're getting like the hourly set that you agree to, then you still want to tip a dollar or two or whatever. But off the bat, it's like 25%. And I'm like, wait, all you're doing, really ringing it in, grabbing it, I'm going to throw you five or six dollars on a, like a $20 thing. To where bartending can be, hey, I made you a beer, leave a dollar a beer or vice. You know, it just yeah. seems interesting. And a lot of people complain about that. And I can see how it's affecting us now because they're taking it like people just don't want to tip at all. Like they're not tipping, they don't want to tip pizza people. Like they're almost overcorrecting. Like I shouldn't have to tip you for just ringing this in in a kiosk. So now I'm also not tipping the people I used to tip, you know? Mm. I don't know if you've experienced that or seen places where like they just auto tip and it's like, are you getting two thirteen an hour or five an hour? Or are you getting 15 an hour and a tip, you know? Yeah. Nowadays, I don't know. Tipping is, uh, I don't know for, I don't, I don't know. Cause my, my cousin told me a story. He lives in Austin. Right. And so we're, we're pretty conservative. We're not political, but he's like, you don't realize how conservative you are until you move to a liberal fucking city. Right. And so he's like, he's going out, walking the streets of Austin, going out to eat, enjoying himself downtown, whatever, him and his, him and his chick. And he's like, yeah, it's pretty trashy, first of all. Yeah, you know, nobody's cleaning shit. And so, so, you know, it's like, whatever. It is what it is. Still a vibe. Go out to eat. Customers rude as fuck. They want the biggest of tips. And so I go out, he's like, I go and sit down. It's fucking trash everywhere. I can't even fucking sit down. There's fucking trash everywhere. There's not even a fucking trash can. <clears throat> and then is a suggested tips a minimum was 20% just to pick up the food. And it's not like they're your server. You're literally just walking up to a fucking window, grabbing your food and going. Yeah. Suggested tip 20%. And he's just like, dude, like it's different if I was actually getting service. If I can walk to a fucking clean table, yeah. I'd be totally cool with that. But dude, it's I can't. All these fucking kids want all this fucking money. They're entitled to whatever the fuck or for whatever fucking reason. They want all this money, but don't want to do shit. Don't want to do the work. It could come back to his companies. And that's actually why a lot of people don't want to tip because, dude, this motherfucker ain't doing shit. They do anything, yeah. He ain't doing and then, shit. Again, like I said. And, and then what's even funny, most people tip 20, 25%. Anyway. And they're still, oh, this broke-ass motherfucker. <laughs> And it's like you gotta be fair. Like and nobody can can't leave you twenty five fucking twenty dollars, hundred dollars every fucking time. Every single time. No. But you look at the percentage, like, dude, what do you mean? Literally gave you twenty percent of like the bill. It comes back to you know twenty percent of a twenty dollar tap is two dollars. That is fair. Yeah. More than fair. Right. Because fair sort of said would be fifteen percent or even twelve percent. Some yeah. people might argue. Depending on how that culture has changed, it used to be fifteen percent was standard. Yeah. And it was like twenty percent if you did really good. Now we just expect and like seeing this industry, we you know I've been in it. 15 years and you see it go from now 20% is a standard and really you're hoping for 25%, but it's also asking a lot of people, you know? Yeah. It's just, I don't know what the hell's wrong with the world. It's another thing too for companies is a way it's like not having to pay the wages. It's like, Oh, we're only giving you like, even right now where we work, you get two thirteen an hour, unless you're on some other like management scale or hourly scale, but most places pay two thirteen an hour and you rely on the tips. You know, that's why your checks every two weeks, you get your paycheck stub. The check is zeroed out. So a lot of people don't even know you're supposed to tip. Yeah. To this day, still don't know that shit. Or at least act like they don't know. Oh, yeah, I guess you can say, yeah. That, that's, like, crazy to me because, like, I've been, I think I've been in service industry for about seven years now, maybe. And and I've never, like, I've never had to serve. I've never had to 
do any of that. Um, I what when I got into it, I strictly was I started a little, I guess, as a barista, but like um, it's just crazy listening to it because I I don't have to deal with that. I don't know my my job is make make what I make, <laughs> get it done, go home. Yeah, and so for crazy. a set price, you know, yeah. it's like you know what you're getting every week. You know, if I work X amount yeah, of hours, exactly. I get this amount of money. Yeah, and it's gonna roll over if I don't, so it's not that big of a deal. And and uh, my boyfriend too. I mean, he works in service for probably about as long as you've been here. Yeah, we're um, about the same age. You, yeah. Like. Yeah, yeah, Johnny. Um, you, you uh, know if it wasn't for him, he, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Yeah, he taught you back when you were a twelve, right? Yeah, yeah. Me and Johnny are bartending together for a long time. Listening to um, like him even talk about that, it's taught me a lot as far as like being being on the other side of that, and being the person who tips. You know, you think about those things more, or yeah. at least I do now. I want to have a little more gratitude than you might have thought of before. Absolutely, not that I did it, but shit in other countries. Actually, every other country rude to tip. It is rude what? to fucking yeah. tip. No, I know it's a European. Exactly. It's a European thing for sure in certain countries. Like if European you tip, and Asian. Like you do a bad job, they'll tip I'm you. Not like, mistaken. like we feel bad for, for sure. you, type of thing. Like you're giving them pity by tipping. Yeah. I know in Europe yeah. too, it's like also considered They're... respectful to like want to take your food home. Like if you don't finish what's on your plate, you just leave it. Like you don't take it. Yeah. With you. There's a lot of like. It's respectful like, to leave it. Disrespectful. To take, oh, it. take it with you. To yeah. take it? Yeah. Because they it, consider it as a sign of disrespect. Yeah, and we're stuck here in America where portions are just larger. If you go to like a lot of fine, even where I work right yeah, now, you go right. to the fine dining restaurants, it's smaller portions. Which is a regular, so to say, regular. Wait, portion. dude, if you look on the back of a back of a fucking cereal box, a regular portion of a is a cup. It's a cup. Yeah. Bro, I pour a whole. I pour three of them hoes, yeah, bro. Tupperware was made for. Not bro, I fucking pour milk directly in the bag and just eat out that eat fucking out box. Well, that's the thing too, is right. It's um the protein on your plate is supposed to be whatever the size of your fist that's is, and I'm like, that's not filling anybody. That's enough up, to dude. piss me the I'm fuck off. I'm gonna eat two chicken nuggets for the size of my fist. But like. Realistically, too, if you think about that, the, the protein is supposed to be the size of your fist, fist, but the rest of your plate should be like, like a well. Look, the, like fa- half the, a cup, the fact maybe the fact of the matter is, is we're supposed vegetables. to eat about half of what we usually Nutrient, eat, yes. but we usually eat three times a day. Most people, so to say, eat three times a day. Then we big three times a day when you're supposed to supposedly eat five times a day, half of what you would normally like. Smaller meals. So that it makes sense when you, oh yeah I would need a, a steak the size of my hand because, because in two three hours, hours I'm gonna have right? another one just enough to fill me up but not enough to where I need a fucking crawled out and that's where I love uh, the controversy about the the food that we have at Polypop because for example our riblets. Everyone is used to eating fucking racks of ribs. Ribs. They don't see the word riblet. First of all, what the fuck is a riblet? Obviously, baby riblets, right? So they come in like they almost look like they almost look like pork wings. So like riblet wings, so to say. They come. They they are the best thing you probably ever taste in your life. And that's that's what I'm telling people at Polypop. They're like, "What the fuck is this?" It comes out. They're like, "Oh my god, it's so good!" But I didn't think. And I'm like, exactly my point. It's enough to satisfy the fuck out of you and fill you up for right now where I don't need a fucking crawl, uh, a wheelchair to take you out because you just yeah. gargle down a fucking it's rack of ribs shit. and a fucking bowl of mashed potatoes and a bowl of macaroni. Yeah, gluttonous. Like, we don't have fries at Polypop. We, you know, like, oh, you got fries? I'm like, no. You don't right? have fries? We don't have fries. Y'all have any kind of appetizer like a chip or even banana chip? Y'all got plantains? Well, we have bags, like small bags oh, okay. of kettle chips for the, the sandwiches that we got. And for drunk people. But like our side. Mm, yeah, 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 so to say. I also like fries. But are they're like good, the but... good expensive kettle chips. Like, they're not like just bullshit. 
But uh, yeah, like our sides are like, you know, tropical coleslaw, cold macaroni salad, you know, like a weird kind of potato salad. It's not, it's not bad. Untraditional. I just say weird because, expect. yeah, from what we're I used to. delicious. I love uh, potato salad where you can still see the skin. I love seeing a I, I love it all. That's I why like, I love crunchy I like peanut butter. I like knowing that there was least amount of steps. There's still a nut in there. So I know it wasn't as processed. That was like, cool. You can see the original product. Absolutely. You know? Oh my god! I didn't even. You roast your peanuts in the oven. You take it out. You put it in the food processor until it like turns into a paste, and you add honey and sea salt if you want to. You're not adding any cream or nothing, I guess. Huh? Nope. How do you get it to be so creamy and like silky? How like creamy could it? Just keep blending. You just blend it until it turns into a paste. That's moving. insane. She's moving. To that Austin. sounds fucking badass. Because I make yeah. a, a a syrup. You know orzo, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so almond, like, almond uh, based syrup, right? Is it orange? It's almond, literally, or? so to say, simple syrup. But instead of using water, you use almond milk. Oh, okay. And so and most people might put like orange flower water and or rose water. Uh, some people might add some cognac and or disarono. Because that's honestly, I add all four. These go into your mai tais. Orja is very important to a mai tai. People think now like no at polypop. No, we do the fucking most. I'm telling you, we literally buy our almonds and we toast them right there. We make we make our own almond milk, so to say, right. toasted almond milk. Real quick before we dive into this art and the mechanic side, I'm gonna take a really fast ad break and then uh, I'll talk about the guy who cuts my hair. Give him a shout out, and then we'll get back into the artistic side. Hell yeah, of this man bartending. This ad is mainly for the gentlemen out there in the Houston or the San Antonio area looking for a top-of-the-line haircut at a competitive price point. Urban City Barbershop is the place to go for signature haircuts, specialty cuts, detailed trims, beard and mustache styling, shampoos, classic razor shaves, and color treatments. I mean, the whole thing, anything you want. Um, and your grooming experience as a man, they will take care of it there for you at Urban City Barbershop. The whole staff at the Houston Galleria location is beyond friendly and welcoming when you walk through the door. And even after not visiting for about six months myself, uh, my barber Antonio remembered exactly how I liked my haircut. As soon as I sat down, he just rattled it off. Boom, 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 boom. And I was like, yes, you know exactly what I want. That's crazy how you remembered after seeing so many different people every single day the whole vibe is a classic barbershop feel you know with the jokes and good conversation everybody knowing your name and it's also set in like a modern and urban setting you know it feels inside there as fresh as you will feel after a cut if you're in san antonio you can find their location inside river center mall and again if you're in houston like me it's in the galleria Definitely, definitely, definitely ask for Antonio if you check out the Houston spot and he will 100% without a doubt have you feeling and looking fresh and confident when you walk out the door. You can check out the website to book at urbancitybarbershop.com and follow them on Instagram at urbancitybarbercompany. You can also check out Antonio's Instagram at antoniojt underscore. That's the letter J and the letter T. So at Antonio. JT underscore. Tell them Jay from Cake and Conversation sent you. Had to because I wasn't going to be a couch potato. That was my yes, that's exactly. And I, I mean, up until probably about six or seven, I, I hated it. 
Um, now that I am an older adult, I'm so fucking grateful because holy shit, it made life so much easier. Uh, they gave you that discipline or made you play sports, make you not quit something. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think I talked about that actually a little in the episode. In your show. As we were talking about too, I thought I was recording the last two minutes and I fucking wasn't recording, but we had a little good conversation <laughs> going. And we we're talking about mowing, how you said you were eight years old. Yeah, we're good now. Yeah, we're uh, 30 seconds back yeah, in. Yeah, we are talking about my first job was Chick-fil-A. And, uh, but so to say, uh, you could say my first job was mowing, gra- uh, cutting grass at eight years old. And because uh, my grandpa would just wake me up, you know, you got to do this, got to do that, whatever. You're not going to be lazy. You just, we need it. You know, everybody needs to help. Pitch in. You know, everybody. everybody That's why y'all Catholics had a bunch of – I'm just kidding. I mean, I I grew up Christian and Catholic. I'm Christian on my grandma's side. Need more people on the farm, Susie. We're getting pregnant again. But, yeah, my grandma had fucking six kids. Hey. I wonder if that had an effect on how – look at the three of us right now, right, between ages 27 and 33. None of us have kids. My brother don't have a kid. I have one. You got a kid? Oh, you do have a son, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's tripping. Right. You that's could right. have a kid. I'm yeah. barely, barely, I'm 27, I'm barely scratching the surface. Minutely, like in the very smallest, in the most small way, possibly considering. Having a kid. Maybe. That's right, where well, our parents. You get older and it's just, like, things change. Like, back then, ah, <laughs> oh, fuck, no, nah, kids, fuck kids. When you get older, you, you, it gets old. Yeah. You need something new, something yeah. different. Something to expand, something to someone to enjoy something with, you know, right. watch something grow. And like, they're in your own image too. It's like a puppy that eventually talks. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a puppy that eventually you can't raise it like a puppy anymore. Hey, dogs you do, do be talking though. I see you seen the videos. There's dogs fucking bro. answering oh, back. With the, with the yeah. No, like actually saying words, oh, yeah. like howling it and like word for literally sounds like they're saying. You gotta show me those videos. My dog didn't talk, but he was sassy. I see him all the time. So sassy. Like, when I would get mad at him, he would get mad at me for getting mad at him. And then he would be like, (laughs) I'm serious. And he would, he would, like, do this thing where he, like, he puffed out his chest a little bit, and he would, like, turn to walk away. And he had this, like, certain strut when he was mad. Because humans are evolving Wait, to fucking robots. I was about to say, are humans getting dumber or dogs getting smarter? <laughs> like they're getting closer to the same intellect. Humans are trying to evolve to robots and dogs are trying to evolve to humans. But yeah, no, he would stop and then like look at me, like turn back and look at me and then like turn his nose and keep walking. I was like, you raised a diva too. That's what my dog's a diva. Like, I can't remember where I read it at too, but they only believe in whine, like they hear or sigh. I think it's like dog sigh, and they learn it from humans. Like a dog doesn't inherently know how to sigh. Yeah, it's like, hmm. Yeah. My dog, like if you don't mess what? with her for like thirty <laughs> seconds, just be like, hmm. I do want to double check that. Somebody will fact check me, but I'm pretty sure I remember reading where it's like, yeah, dogs don't yeah. just if they're out in the wild, they aren't sighing for no reason, you know. But they'll do it because they see how we act in a certain way, well, and that's how they express that. Can pick up anything. I was just like I said earlier. I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast with that dude Merlin, eighty-year-old fucking bat special specialist. Bat specialist. A bat specialist. The real bro. Batman. The real fucking Batman. And people know, right? My fucking old apartment. I used to have bats all up in that bitch. That was the mm. real bat cave. You see my Wi-Fi says bat cave. So I love bats. So I really appreciated this podcast. Anyway, this gentleman is basically talking about how he got some certain species and he was like trying to train it. And there was like apparently another species of like a tinier bat that was apparently hiding in the corner watching him train the other bat. And he couldn't train the bigger bat that he was trying to train. But while the little bat was hiding in the corner the whole time watching, he ended up unknowingly training that bat and then found it. And realized it trained itself it by already, watching. It was already trained. 
That is awesome and scary. Depending on what you're training. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, he was training it like just to, come here. Sit, yeah, yeah, shit like that. Yeah. Not like, no, that's it. Like, no, it's smart. Just, you know, go get saying, the weapon. Like, <laughs> right? Go give me a beer, goddammit. Go bite That'd that. Nice. Go bite that guy. Oh, roll this for me. Whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah um, what were we talking about? Oh, so I was getting back to like first job, right? With Mo, and you're talking Chick fil A, but like getting into the restaurant industry, like I'm sure you're like me, like as kids, we're not growing up, like, yeah, we want to be a bartender. And then we'll get into it well, one way or the other. My, my grandma had a bar called the Palenque in Freeport, and my grandma and grandpa was, that was their bar. J Block or not? For years. This was uh, downtown Freeport, uh, that area right next to, right in front of uh, Maria's Kitchen. Maria's Kitchen. Um, right now is where the Himador and oh, okay. uh, Freeport is that road kind of right yeah, there. Yeah. So if we're going on like a golf course, I remember passing Hemador, we're heading out to like that Freeport golf course. Yeah. And um, no, 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 you're talking about the other one. That's in Jones Creek, I think. I don't know. There's a Hemador. There's Freeport, one in Freeport for right sure. Yeah. Behind Hooks, the old Hooks. Yeah. It was um, Twit, not Twisters. Uh, I can't, what's can't that remember other? the street, but it was basically right there. And bro, my grandma and grandpa used to take me to that bar. My mom told me all these stories of them taking me to that bar in my diapers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I passed out on the chair. That explains just so walking much. Walking around okay. everywhere with the fucking diaper on, just fucking three, could, four years old. They could still smoke inside back then. And sure. bro, right? So yeah. I grew up in the bar life, literally. Yeah. And so I see how that kind of uh, I evolved kind of into that. Well, once we're 18, it's one of the better jobs you can get. I almost recommend it to any kid, like if you're in college, to pay for school or whatever, because, I mean, there's small risk of you don't know how much you're getting every week, but it's the most money you can usually make. Like, I can't take a job if I'm not making 25 an hour. Like, I won't go do another job. Oh, you know, no, I'll just stay in the no, industry. I, I, it's like, absolutely. you're still a bartender. And it's like, what am I going to do? Work? And this is like not a shot. I'll do, what am I going to do? Work at Target? Be assistant manager? Like, cool. Not Again, not a shot. That's good living. But it's like, I would rather. It's just not for me. Yeah. Like, you realize what you can do. Right. I could get clean and go work at the plants and good do like some engineer, make good money or doing or whatever. But I would probably just drive into traffic instead on a random day home. Because, you know, it would be. You'd be exhausted. Yeah. Too. I'd almost rather. Yeah. I had a friend who like, he would frequently like. He'd have to find a way to keep himself awake because he he would fall asleep at the wheel. Well, it's like thirty five an hour. You can yeah. be bored. It's like I guess, but I you know bartending's fun. I feel like bartending's fun as fuck. You pay to chill with people, and I don't even sucks. like people. Look, honestly, again, after years of doing it, it just sucks. You're fucking dealing with these dumbass drunk people all the time. Yeah, you're a babysitter. Straight ba- babysitter, babysitter, bro. psychologist, therapist, literally. Somebody, people's best friend. Some people might call me a nurse or even a, a pharmacist. Yeah, it's cool to ha- be able to have that impact on somebody's life, though, where you actually can tell. But, like, no, it, it is nice because, dude, I, that's where it's like question, like, oh, I don't know how much I'm gonna make this week. I don't know, like, just again, years and years of just building up, you know, a good, a family. Not, I wouldn't even say clientele or anything like that. It's definitely a family. Yeah. Everybody, everybody, you know, we all know each other. We all fuck with each other. We're all cool. We're all close. You know, they know I'm, they know I've been around. They know I've been everywhere, and they know where to find me. And they'll follow you. Like if you and go on to another job, exactly. they're like, that's the thing. There's three dollar Bud Light anywhere. So it's like, why to guess? Like if you're thinking wanting to be a successful bar owner, it's like it's all marketing or having the right staff. You could have three dollar beer on happy hour, five dollar whatever on happy hour, but if the staff isn't there or the connection isn't there, people are gonna go right Dude, down the block. We don't even have fucking TVs at Polly Pop. Y'all don't have a projector screen and that's we, it, right? That's yeah. it, but still, that, I mean, yeah. that ain't shit compared to every other fucking bar and restaurant has TVs. And you're not worried about losing, like, like when there's games on, losing the crowd because there's games on or something. No, no, that, that's, that, that, that actually messes up our business a lot. But when, like, big games are on, 
Uh, but sometimes uh, we do put them on the projector, like if we're able to get it on there or whatever. You had the World Series, I'm guessing. Think something we like did that. Have the World Series for sure. Like Absolutely. if it's Super Bowl, you'll find a way to make that work. Um, no, we actually closed on Sundays. We oh, closed okay. at two on Sundays, so by the time Super Bowl is going, like, good. We'll be, everybody will be home. I like closing at two on Sundays. I like Shit, being closed I have on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday nights are rough. I, I, okay, you, I sort of say in the past nine years, I probably only worked in total like a month of yeah. Sundays in the past nine years. The ultimate dream schedule like that would be off Sunday, Monday, and like give me Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday Mondays, night, Friday, Saturday double. Mondays and Tuesdays are my best days and have always been at Otoro. Oh, at to work, Lollipop, huh? At Buffalo Wild Wings. Ever, I've ever worked. What well, that kind of guest experience you're getting, uh, quality and not quantity on Monday, most Mondays, Tuesdays. and Tuesdays, you're by yourself, or you might have another partner, and you don't have to split split the tips as many ways. With them, if anything, yeah. And so again, most of the time, it was either I was working with Jonathan or Paco, bro. You work with your friends, like, yeah. yeah, like and. It, There's a lot that goes into it. the most the sincerest is, humans I think and, I've ever met. And I'm not just saying that because he's my boyfriend. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe because I'm a little biased, but like, he really is. Like, yeah, yeah. One absolutely. of the most genuine people. Yep. Yeah. You're not no, ever going to call they, him a liar. They, they say literally, in your, whoever they is, you know, the, 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 what they used to say at least, don't work with your friends. And, you know, I don't know. We, I've no, don't work with your friends, don't work with your family. Someone's gonna do some dumb shit and take advantage take or whatever. Take it personal. But that's the whole thing. Like I'm, I've already known these people for years, or they became my friend because I seen how badass of a worker they were and how the things that we can talk about and relate, you know, with and all that. Yeah. And that's how the family evolved at El Toro. Uh, well, it's just fucking dude, blessed. Honestly, we all we're all blessed with that family from El Toro. You went back to Toro now again, right? You've been back. Yeah, there. yeah, I work at El Toro. I just do to goes because I, I needed a little break from bartending, man. Uh, again, nine years, the same shit Burns every day. Out. Um, dude, I love bartending. You know, damn near more than anything, and uh, I, I don't want to burn that flame out. And you see, the, so to say, the flame's pretty low. You think you can step into the management side, even if it's a different job? I am, I'm a bar manager at Otor. But to where you bartend to where you're, I mean, bar manager to where you're compensated enough to where you don't have to bartend at all. Like, hey, you're strictly, hey, we're doing. You, know, you want to do like salaries? Like, hey, here's seventy k a year. You're a manager. I, I don't want to do, do that. I want to do minimal paperwork. I don't want to do inventory. Okay. I suck, and especially because when I was doing all that at Polypop, I'm not the bar manager at Polypop. I'm just a regular. I'm the regular bar. Uh, regular manager closing manager so to say and i'm the head bartender so to say yeah but when i was bar managing i was still bartending but i have to do all the paperwork do all the inventory this wow everyone's like lewis 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 i need lewis make my drink i need lewis i need to talk to lewis i need to tell this lewis 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 yeah all your guests and i have to do all this fucking shit that's very important that i need to get done and it's just the crowd didn't i couldn't do it because of the crowd yeah and a lot of shit other a lot of other shit going on too and Whatever it came down to, um, also for insurance purposes, El Toro got insurance, and after, oh, I, yeah, after I messed up my knee for the second time after surgery, I was like, I need to start looking into that for sure because that shit sucked. El Toro, El Toro, definitely down here. Those like family, like my brother worked for them forever and hasn't worked for them now, maybe like a year or two years, but still, you know, like all of the best friends, like everybody, Bro, it comes from that. Well, when I started at El Toro, it was literally half the. Half the people working there was people I already grew up with, went to school with, already knew. And it was just like, I'm not even at fucking work. I'm back in school. Yeah. Like, literally. Yeah. And then just meeting new people. And then we, we, you know, just, dude, El Toro has made, brought the, the closest people in my life right now are from El Toro. No, from El Toro. The, 
Those connections that'll stick with you for people, years and years and years. Absolutely, most closest close people in my life I met at Otoro, or we started at Otoro together. Yeah, Otoro doesn't always feel like a like, job. Like Paco, like me and Paco have been been super close for a long. We've been really good friends for a long time since like intermediate. Not super close, but you know, he, we we had the same homies. So, right. You know, we fucked with each other here and there. And then after graduation, we just started hanging out a little bit more. And then we started working at Otoro together, started bartending together, and just. So built up a good rock. Yeah. We're like a rock. So you can work a ship together. You already know each other's strengths, weaknesses, what, that, who likes to do what, to, who man. doesn't that's like to nice do certain with things. people like Paco and Jonathan. And, you know, because I don't have to explain. We don't even have to go through a plan. Yeah. It's just. You know, it, if the ice is low and you're busy, he's probably getting ice t- for, as an example. You know, it's like it's unspoken, like like an unspoken agreement kind of thing. Like we can all agree on the trust. same thing. Trust like, is huge. I see you doing this, so I'm going to do that. And if yeah. you're doing this, then I'm going to do that. You know you're not going to reach to the beer cooler and look for a Bud Light, and there's no Bud Light because you know he's good enough to where if it ran out, they restock it and vice Since versa. We're all on the same level, on the same yeah. vibe. So the, just simple as we kept the circle complete. Whereas there's obviously some other you know people that kind of just didn't understand that. Yeah. But so you, still, you know you got to deal with people like that everywhere. Like um, you get close with your coworkers and stuff over time. You spend more time with them with families. What a lot of people say. Same thing with guests. You meet a lot of people. They follow you and you build these connections. Do you have a girlfriend right now? Yeah. Oh, you got a girlfriend. I was going to ask about that, like bartending that late night, late night lifestyle when you're meeting people and you know dealing with different relationships. How long have y'all been together? A little while. Shit, going on four years. Oh, four years. That's cool too to have that trust where it she's is not. Four years actually. Uh, what's today on the 27th? Before four years. Four years. I remember having girlfriends over the years, like when you start to get in like the long term ones, and some of them. I mean, everyone's different, right? But they'd have that insecurity where she's like. What are you doing? Where are you at? And I'm just taking a picture. Like, I'm at work. You know what I'm doing. Or, like, if you're just doing your job, even if you're not in a relationship, like, I'll just be talking to a girl, right, or doing my job. And they're like, oh, he's flirting or, oh, he's trying to fuck the guest. And it's like, just because, well, you know, I want to have a conversation or, hey, I'm doing my job. Or you're or, doing your job, too. You're being, like, gratuitous and maybe even overly a little nice. But, like, also, that's part of your job. Yeah, there's that stigma that comes with it. Yeah. Well, it's like on the opposite end, like, when a hot chick's bartending and the guys always think, oh, yeah, she wants to fuck me. It's like, no, she's doing her job, stupid. She wants you to tip her more. You know, it's just like, oh, she called me baby. That one likes me. It's different. It's like going to the strip club. That stripper likes me. Yeah, idiot. <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> no, they don't. They like your cash. Sign up for my OnlyFans. We need to have an OnlyFans for bartenders. That'd be cool. Even if it's like a short video, to have an OnlyFans and you're making Khaled a drink. has an OnlyFans and literally, apparently all he does is just keep a fucking camera in the studio and just records them in the fucking studio. While he's recording. And he's making money on fucking recording themselves, doing shit that they're already doing. Already doing it, so just having a camera. already making money for. I have a friend, I don't know, I, guess, I haven't talked to her in advance, so I won't necessarily say her name. Probably she wouldn't mind, but her OnlyFans is reading books with her titties out. She doesn't diddle herself, nobody else is there, she'll have a book read a chapter or whatever with no shirt on and people sign up for that and they'll request like what books or poems to read. And, to, and I'm like, cool. I mean, that's awesome. It's uh, mind blowing. I don't want to say weird, you know, cause it's not whatever. And there's weirder shit than that, but it's like, you make money off of just reading with your titties out. I'm like, what, what am I doing with myself? Like, Hey, the world. Yeah. That's insane. That's what the internet gave us. Uh-huh. That's what the phones gave us, bro. All right, so uh, as far as like constructing a drink right now, let's say we'll go right now, not all the time. What's your favorite drink to make? What do you have fun doing? Like if you, you know, where you're in the zone, like what's that? I think it's fun if people ask me that. Uh, I just, it kind of just depends on the moment. Yeah. You know, that's how I, I, I like making every drink. I love 
love making every single drink. What drink don't you like making then? Like if you see the ticket, like is there one on the menu? You're like every time you see this drink, you're like, shit, I want to make this drink. Um, so to say, I don't. But if anything, if I were to have to choose one, it'd be our uh, mango nata. On Tuesdays, we got a $10 jumbo mango nata. Make a homemade uh, mango syrup and homemade uh, strawberry syrup. And uh, it's just in this big ass glass. You gotta blend it, and it's just blend it for each drink. Oh, well, it's it's in a bit. It's 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 a two person drink. Yeah. It's a big ass. It's in a big ass margarita glass. Blend it. It's just. <sighs> yeah, I use blenders a lot at your job too. That's yeah, yeah, part. absolutely. Oh. But but even that is that's not that big. Pain of my existence as a bartender is a blender. That's just. I hate, just hate blenders because you always got to make sure they're the same amount of right amount of ice. It's either not enough ice in that thing or it's too much ice and it's a slushy. Well, you got to clean I, I it each time it. if it's different I, drinks. I, I it. If anything, if I was going to do you it, like throw. if you got like six drinks and he blended, I would have six different blenders. And like that is the frozen hurricane or, you know, I'm like, yeah. I'll sit there and wash it between each time. I don't know. I want to almost have a. It does suck having to keep up with the goddamn blender. And even the mango nutty you're talking about is just a labor and says drink. Like take the drink. You got to garnish it. I'm guessing probably with tahini and chamoy. I'm assuming. Bro, it is our craziest. It used to be on fire all the time. It used to be on fire. And that's we were talking about earlier. They see that fire, and that's all they want. It, yep. They only order because of the, the fire. fire. There's one thing I do with old fashions. I'll keep my old fashioned simple, right? Depending on where you are, you can do it. You. I'll take the orange peel, peel the orange part, and then I light the orange peel because it's something to do with bringing oils to the thing, and then I put it around the rim. But I do the fire just because people are like mosquitoes or moths, and they're just like, they'll, ooh, what is that? And all of a sudden, like, this is psycholo- the, the psychology behind it. They'll think. Like you're a better bartender than whoever, because you had a lighter out and lit an orange. Because you did something that's like something little, out of the norm, yeah. so to say. And they'll assume they'll be like, "Ooh, this guy knows what he's doing." It's like it's flair. Yeah, even just the tiniest bullshit. Like I, I even uh, like uh, I flip the jigger through my fingers all the time. I, I fucking spin the spoons on my hands like yeah. a fucking guitar. Or player. the bar blade. I'm surprised I got a bar blade on me, but like just like, spinning the bar blade around. Yeah, like and yeah, even the, when I pop <clears> up every time I get a beer. I pop up the cap and I hit it. Hit it. I always try to get mine into the trash. Yeah, I always try to find the trash. Once in a while, I even try to hit people. Yep. Hit somebody and shit. They trip out. That's what's fun about the rhythm of it, where it can be similar to music. I flip the things a little, a couple flips. Yeah. A little spin on your hand. It's not like Vegas. You gotta be a fucking juggle or whatever. But that small shit, it all adds up. They notice it. Like this dude's got flair. I like that too because it's one of those things where you're not, you don't have to be paying attention to the guests. Like you're making drinks, you're busy, you have your like four or five things you're working on at the time. And you get in that zone and people will see that and just like sit there and want to watch you. And it's like, especially when you have your bar set up exactly how you know where it is, you're not looking. Like, you know, your lime juice is there. Boom. You know the counts. You know the da 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 da. You can grab two or three yeah, bottles. Actually, the, the, uh, throughout all That's the years, what makes it Nine fun. years of fucking dealing with bartending and all that shit. Um, so basically, we had a meeting a while back at Polypop and they were saying that um, we have to use sugars because the drinks are inconsistent. Liquor count, um, liquor cost was probably high. But probably like, that wasn't just because all the other bartenders were you know, overpouring, and, and because you know they're, they're pouring too much juice or too less juice or not enough syrup or whatever. Also, the flavors taste it, the same. It's just you're making tickets for the, you're making uh, restaurant drinks, but they're not tasting like the drinks that all these people are used to tasting like. Because then people return it, and you got so, comps, and and so basically it came down to because uh, people would see me free pouring everything, but just years and years is all feel. You yeah. Know? been doing this shit for nine years i know exactly how a nine ounce uh, how an ounce pour feels out of a storm pour yeah without the stroke you know the count without doing a count like i mean i to this day i do it but i, try, I try to not do it because i know every all the other bartenders are watching me so it's yeah. like well i'm obviously the head bartender and whatever That's the influence. like exactly and, I feel that. and even 
I was, and I see what you're saying too, because I rather play like the jigger suck and the posi pours, whatever they're called, those suck. Like if you work with those where they put them on the bottle and then it uh, it's like set to an ounce and a half oh, and it just stops that. with a little bead. I'm never going to work yeah, at a bar. Those that suck has too. That shit, I swear to God. But I was also telling back when I had to manage at a spot and the girls hated having to do it. And I'm like, they're like, it's extra step. And I'm like, well, really, instead of pouring it here, you're just sticking something under it. So it's not terrible. It is annoying, but at the end of the day, I just, I'm already annoyed by small shit here and there. I don't my thing is, if you don't trust your bartender, that. then they shouldn't be a bartender. Yeah, exactly my point. Like, what the fuck? Fuck on. Right. And also, I'm big on, honestly, I'll use them. I don't use it for the liquor. I'll use it for juice. Sometimes I will use it for juice. And like you said, like, no, you know how much. for the most part, I do use it for the juice, but still, but even, like, when I'm busy, I just. Get it in bro, there. not one time. That's why I'm big on. Getting sent back through me because I free pour. Because it didn't taste right. Not yeah. one time. This is one thing where we differ on too because I'm big on straw test. I always, even if I made it the same way, I close it a thousand times, but I still just hit it with that last I don't straw quality check. You want, because you know what it's going to taste like, right? You want straw test. I just, I just I, do it. I just have that, just that feel that, and, and my, I, I might sound kind of arrogant about it, but I just know it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Okay, so think about this though, as an advantage of doing it, here's psychology again. Like you're about to serve this drink to the guest right in front of them. I always hit him with the straw test and nod. I'm nodding to myself. And they're like, oh, it could be a rum and coke. Like, oh, it's a good one. And I'm like, oh, yeah. If I do oh, straw yeah. test anything, it's shots. Because lately I've been making fucking bad ass. Oh, so good shots. You do like layered shots? Yummy shots. No, well, not necessarily, but. What's your favorite shot right now? My most favorite shot of all time. And I drink whiskey on the rocks. And I take shots of Don Julio. I don't drink Crown and Cokes or any of that. No, I drink, drink it neat. Yeah. Jameson on the rocks. And I take shots of Don Julio if I drink. My most favorite shot is a fucking sweet tart shot. For real? I get that at Brody's, or you can get that at Brody's, but now I actually bought the ingredients and I found out how to make it. Use a specific flavor vodka, vodka for it, right? It's raspberry vodka. Oh, it's raspberry. And, and, and uh, the, the Kuiper Island Pucker. But the blue? Blue carousel? It's, it's, no, it's not blue carousel, but it's the other blue okay. liqueur from the Kuiper. There's Blue Curacao and, and Island Pucker. They're yeah, both so the Island Pucker's got the more sour vibe to it, right? It's blue sour, Curacao, and like it's a, like more like... It shit, it looks like a fucking badass ocean. Yeah, because blue carousel almost doesn't have a flavor. It's like dark. It's, orange liqueur. it's like kind of dark, blue carousel. Sort of kind of. And then you just do sweet and sour with it. It's like the raspberry vodka. Yeah, it's actually the... raspberry vodka. Uh, 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 fucking uh, Island Pucker, cranberry juice, and lime juice. Yeah. And personally, I um, I think, I don't think it's lime juice. I actually think it's sweet and sour. Sweet and sour. We don't have sweet and sour polypop. So I actually put agave Ooh. nectar and lime juice. Yeah. And the fuck sweet, fuck simple syrup. First of all, don't I don't. It's I, cheap way to do stuff. It's yeah. cheap. Like house yeah. margarita, I'll give you something. exactly. Well, really, too. Like so, if I'm doing like silver, like tequila, I go simple. And if it's agave. brown or reposado, I go agave. Yeah. You make sweet tea at the house. Agave nectar is way better and healthier for you. It's more natural, right? It's literally a natural simple syrup. Well, I guess the other thing is just sugar water, but agave is like it's yeah. literally a natural simple syrup. Go through the process of homemaking, like you said earlier, mango syrup. Like break it down for me real quick. Like you're gonna bullet point to teach a new guy. Like you're teaching me, hey, we're about to make it right now. Let's pretend we're making it. How are we doing? So it kind of depends or? on um, your mangoes, first of all. So we get our our fruit, our fruit in a puree form. Um, no sugar added, just straight fruit, frozen. Uh, Come on, those no, little white fridge. containers. Yeah. They're in a white container. There's about. no sugar added, anything like that. It's just pureed mango. We get our strawberries in a huge ass container. There's like a little bit of uh, sugar in there, um, but we just blend those up. All those syrups are literally, so to say, you add equal parts of the puree and equal parts simple syrup. Yeah. And you, you might argue it could be two to one simple syrup, not one to one. Because syrup, you want it thick. Thick. Exactly. Oh, so you don't have to add more hot water to it then. It's not like when you're originally making simple syrup where it's just sugar. I, I used to cook it. 
I used to cook it um, or simmer it, so to say. Um, but uh, especially the mango puree gets like really thick, like crazy right. thick, like scary you thick. You almost don't need too much of it. Like if somebody's wanting like a frozen margarita with mango puree, with like a mango margarita, you just need just a little bit. It's going to be good to go. Depending on the puree, because again, all purees are different. You got to realize, you know, how sweet or, you know, understand the balance for each brand, so to say. And I mean, I know how to, I know how to use mine now. And I don't know. I, I make a lot of mango margaritas, bro. Yeah. I make a lot of them. Like, yeah, you get that sweet and that tart and that tequila. Is my most favorite, though. I feel like ladies love them too. It's real good with the ladies. They get the margarita and it's sweet. Mango. It's not sour. Yeah. Even when I do private events, um, I go, I stop at the liquor store every single time and I'll buy my own bottle of Finest Call uh, mango and strawberry puree. Yeah. And that is the number one drink and, and or shot for any private event. If you don't know what to make, make strawberry mango shit. And they're going to love it. And you can either be Mexican candy. If it's, if, if you had a dash Tabasco, it's a Mexican candy. Yeah. So to say. If you don't, it's just a strawberry mango. Drink. Man, I've learned that too. Mexican candies, uh, the last couple Dude, of different bars and restaurants. People make them so many different ways. And I'm like, keep it simple. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing you keep your simple. simple. How do you do yours? Because people do but the craziest balanced, things. And I'm just like, I'm like, so I go tequila, people, watermelon liqueur, Tabasco, and then either lime juice simple or sweet and sour. You have to have sweet and sour. Tying on the rim. Sweetener because most people throw too much Tabasco. I worked at a place where they did coconut rum. Yes. Be, the people no, liked it I, and seen, it was cheaper. And I'm like, that's not I've a Mexican seen the candy. Coconut rum like, I've you can make a rum and coke with whiskey, but you can't call it a rum and you coke. Can't you know, people exactly. are like, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, this past thank summer at Beachfront, so I can't remember her name, but her Mexican candies were also just something different. And I'm like, you can make a drink and if that's it cool. It doesn't have tequila. Don't call it. I mean, yeah. Or it wasn't watermelon or tequila, and there wasn't Tabasco. And I'm like, cool. Your drink is probably good. You're like the regulars love it. I'm like, cool. But don't just call it a Mexican candy. You're not going to drive a Ford Explorer and be like, nope, this is a Charger. And it's like, well, I mean, no, it's Bro. Ford Explorer's cool, but it's not a whatever. You know, like, I don't understand. It's like here's a Big Mac, but we're going to call it a Whopper. I don't know. I'm getting off topic. No, yeah. no, no. How do you do totally your good. How do you do your Mexican candy? Uh, yeah. Um, so most people when they make Mexican candies, even when they hear. At Polypop, I'd say that's our number one uh, shot is Mexican candy. And even people. It's safe for people. Every they time know I it. try to. No, because a lot of times I, I try to sell it to people. They're like, oh my God, I don't know. I don't know. Everywhere, every time I have Mexican candy, it's, it's too sour. It's way too spicy. Whatever. I, in my opinion, never add more than two dashes of Tabasco. Yeah, you don't even bit. want that. You want a lot one of people don't do any shot. Tabasco, which I feel you like you have need to it. do the Tabasco okay. unless they particularly tell you not to do it. Yeah. Mexican candies are spicy. <sighs> Another has, dude, another guy did it with apple pucker and Cholula and watermelon. Too, too. I was yeah. like, but why, why is the apple pucker come into play? Like, I don't know. No, no, because listen, I have like three. Caffeine. Look, I have three recipes for Mexican candies. And the one, our regular one at Polypop, I've so to say been doing that recipe since day one. Yeah. And this is exactly what I use. I use watermelon pucker, tequila, lime juice, agave nectar, chamoy. And put, put the chamoy in it when you shake. A squirt of chamoy, a squirt of agave, and one dash of Tabasco. Mm. That is it, and it's perfect every single time. It's perfectly balanced. Why? Because with the agave, you sweeten it up because it's not too sour, nor it's too spicy. With only one dash, it's not too spicy. Okay. With that lime juice, you have the sour with uh, and the pucker. We have the the Mexican Mexican candies are sweet, sour, and spicy. Sweet, and that sour, is exactly spicy. what you have. Like if you would go buy a Mexican candy, an actual Mexican. So that's candy. my first recipe. Second one is there's a, a bottle called Gator Bite Setsuma Orange Rum. 
fucking love that bottle. I don't I don't even use Patron Citrons or Grand Marnier because I use that. Gator Bite, oh. Setsuma, Orange Liqueur. That's Orange Liqueur. Orange Rum. I'm sorry. Not oh, it is Orange Rum. rum based. And anyway, so that exact same recipe, but instead of watermelon pucker, you use the Orange Liqueur or the Orange Rum. Fucking bomb. And the reason I came up with that was because we were having uh, last season for crawfish at Polypop, we were selling those for like $4 uh, a shot. We were trying to sell that bottle. Uh, for our, our liquor representative, for Mike. And um, I made that Mexican candy out of it so we can sell it. So, and then that's on my recipe. And then I have another one. And it's my version of the Wayside. Uh, or I don't know if it's the, the current Wayside, how they make it now. But back then, basically, Wayside had a strawberry, mango, apple. Mar- um, 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 and li- this is what pissed me off. Remember banana Listen, Mexican this is what candy. pissed me off because... They use fucking, it's fucking crown apple, mango, strawberry, and sweet and sour, and fucking Tabasco. But on mine, I add tequila, and crown apple, and mango syrup, and strawberry, and lime, and chamoy, and Tabasco. Yeah. I belong at dive bars. I love a dive bar. Here's your Miller Lite and your Jameson. (laughs) But, but, exact, bro, and Dennis was making, my buddy Dennis, and I'm like, bro. There's no tequila. <laughs> I had to add the te- I had to add the tequila just, just for that personal like it's it's, a, it's got tequila, so yeah. it's a Mexican candy. I don't care what you fucking say. We're gonna take one more little break. I might do an ad read in this segment or not, or I might dive back in. But for the sake of this recording, I'm coming up to 30 minutes. But we'll be back real quick and we'll wrap things up. Like yeah. Well, what's cool about that too is, and like I've said it before a bunch of times, like the reason for the dessert, uh, it's called like red light syndrome. Like me and you, or I'll be talking with somebody, right? And it's good conversation. And it's real like laid back. I'm like, cool. Now we're about to record. And then people would like freeze up or get nervous or get real like, oh, I said something stupid. Restart. It's like, no, nah, let me get the cake. And you're happy about the cake. Or I don't know, some psychology thing, I guess, where it makes them feel more relaxed or Okay, you know, yeah. you're not worried about like being recorded. Like some people will change their voice. Now we are being recorded on the weather tonight. Seventy-seven <laughs> percent chance of rain, and, da, 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 da. and it's like, bro, you weren't just talking like that. It's like, yeah, Sally. So tell me about sports. And like, hey, what are we doing, dude? Like, yeah, it's like, don't think about it. Um, you were mentioning off air before we got back into it. Uh, something to do with psychology and guests. Remember uh, we were thinking. Yeah, yeah. So I was like uh, having a thought about what you had said earlier. How we're. Um, therapists and all that and yeah that's what I tell everybody or definitely a little bit of everything um, we're definitely therapists um, so to say you know you don't need a fucking couch or you know what does a therapist do so how does that make you feel yeah that's all they fucking ask Just pick their brain that's really all it is and that's what you do at the bar someone's having a long day they come up it's a free therapy session well not necessarily free but a way cheaper therapy session yeah we're not charging 200 an hour exactly so, uh, so yeah, we're definitely like therapists. So to say, we're pharmacists. You know, making mm-hmm. up medicine. You know, conjuring up. You know, there's a respons- medicines. There's a responsibility so to it too. If you like have respect for your job and do it the right way, like obviously you want people to have a good time, but also be safe. Like people get drunk, right? And we yeah, have to learn yeah, when to cut know. people so, off. I, 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 but the, the most simple thing that I always tell everybody if they're too drunk, it's like, dude, I want you to come back. So I need you to chill the fuck out. Yeah. 
I can drink this water. Oh, what the fuck? You give me water. Like, dude, I want you to fucking come back. So please, yeah. the fuck out. I feel like people sometimes take it as a sign of disrespect if we're trying yeah, to cut them right. off. That's and... how you got to learn how to uh, use the words, the proper, you know, proper terms, whatever. Yeah. I used to just exactly. go, my manager said I can't serve you. And then I just stopped doing that too. It's like, hey, I'm going to let you know. Straight up like that, dude. Like, right. I, you know, can't I want give you, you to come drink. back. Simple as like, I want you to come back. Yeah. It's not, oh, I need to stop serving you. Right. Like, you know, just straight. Anyway, so yeah, definitely. Uh, so you're a babysitter. So you're definitely babysitting. Yep. Uh, nurse. Some uh, some people used to call me nurse. Nurse, take care of me. <laughs> whatever. Um, and my most favorite thing as a bartender is uh, an entertainer. And that's where I polypop because we don't have TVs at polypop. So you have uh, how you're I on a stage. It. You're on a stage. Exactly. And that's why I like to keep up. I mean, I'm not too big on sports like that, but I try to keep up with football and shit because obviously everyone else likes that shit. So it's something to talk about. I try to keep up with certain politics, and I watch a shit ton of Joe Rogan. I listen to Joe Rogan all the time because, you know, the people that he brings on, is just they talk about real shit, and it's shit that I can learn from them and spread. Something to talk about at the bar. It's shit to spread. Good shit to spread. Real shit to spread. Not just bullshit news, propaganda. Yeah, like regurgitated headlines. actual scientists, biologists, you know, doctors, writers, people actually out there experiencing the world coming and telling their stories and shit that they've seen and worked on. Yeah. Type shit. And so, um, and then and comedy. I love comedy so much. And uh, I, I watch uh, shit since I was a kid. Shit, George Lopez was like a dad to me. Yeah. I swear to God. And uh, that's how I, before his, his his show, I was a fucking five, four years old listening to stand up. <laughs> like, and not even knowing what they're saying. I just was related. <laughs> like, this is literally how I'm growing up. And he's talking about how I fucking grew up. Your life. So you relate with that, whatever. He's like a dad to me. I was listening to George Lopez, and I love comedy ever since I fucking first heard him. Yeah. And you've uh, been to stand-up shows before. Uh, I've been to uh, the last one I went to was uh, Bill Burr. I think oh, it was back in. Uh, damn, he's one of my favorites right I now. If not my favorite right now, I'm one of my favorites of all Burr time. So much. Yeah, that was in the Toyota Center back in October or September. Or last year? Yeah. Yeah, it was last Very September. Yeah, oh yeah, September, yeah. Because yeah. I remember wanting yeah, to go yeah, to that yeah, and not yeah, not yeah, going. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I love comedy for sure, and that's why. Um, Shit, I'm a huge, huge Joe Rogan fan because uh, he's a fucking, he's a comedian. Yeah. On top of that, he's got basically the best podcast that talks about the most realist shit. And I mean, I love UFC too. And the funny thing is, is I've always loved like the thought of like commentating because even wrestling, I love the commentators on wrestling. It's a so story. dramatic, you know, JR and, uh, you know, Jerry King Lawler, Taz and all them. That's how people I grew up with yeah. uh, wrestling. Do you follow AEW also or not? Uh, I don't. I don't follow new wrestling. Taz players. is awesome on. But uh, no, I mean a little bit. I, I, I follow a little, little. If you'll bit. see clips that pop but, up. Yeah, then. yeah. But I mean, I still follow old wrestling shit all the time. I watch old shit all yeah. the time. Anyway, but uh, yeah. So, so to say, I'm, I'm an entertainer, and that's why I like to keep up with all that stuff. Uh, cause again, I don't have a TV, so everybody's watching me, listening to me. Um, and it's just awkward just standing there watching other people on their phones all the time. Like, no, put your phone down. Your we phone can down. talk about this. Yeah. You know, that's why I got a house full of toys and uh, I, I try to follow as much as I can so I can talk about as much as I can. Cause you know, just connecting with real people is a good thing. Like, yeah. Not connecting through your phone, but connecting eye to eye, voice to voice, feeling the connection, the vibration of someone's voice and the feel of someone's glare. Yeah. Know? They're going to be on their phones when they get home. It's like, hey, you're out. You're spending some money, by the way. So get some value for that dollar. Yeah. Check out, you know. Come get some real life. Be in the moment. That's all I like to say. Come, come get some life. Yeah. This is real life stuff. Also, Judas, from years of doing it, we learn 
like go-to phrases, the go-to, the go-to one-liners that work. I always have my same, you know, you mix it up, but there's always that one in like your safety net, you know, like you're like your pack. Like I got these 10 lines you can use depending on the situation, but like learning how to navigate, I guess not manipulate people in like a bad way, but you know how to get them to do what you need them to do. No, definitely. You gotta, and yeah, you, you gotta know, you gotta know how to read the crowd, read the crowd. Yes. Yeah. Uh, putting on music too, you know, the vibe. Some people um, do just want to be left alone. You yeah, know, or it, like a, it, it sounds kind of funny. Uh, I don't want to sound like a racist or whatever. I mean, we're all humans. Can, are, can you be racist? You're brown. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because like, I mean, because so I'm gonna just say it straight up. You, you, I treat Mexicans different the way I treat white people and the way I treat black people, but not in a bad way because I grew up with all races equally, right? Okay. And I'm definitely not saying I treat Mexicans better, but the. <laughs> Again, I grew up with Mexicans, so I know how they work. I grew up with white people, so I know how they work. And I grew up with black people, so I know how they work. You can't talk to the white people the same way same you talk way. to the black people. No. You can't talk to the Mexicans the way, you know what I'm saying? Or if and, you do, they can tell the and, front, and the best, essentially. Look, honestly, and some people are racist when it comes to that. But I love, love fucking with black people when it comes to the bar. Because the number one thing, or the top things that I like to, uh, that we can relate with is all you have to do is talk about Friday quotes or, <laughs> or for real say Friday quotes or, or, uh, or, uh, or don't be a menace quotes. Don't be yeah. a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood with the Marlon Wayans and all yeah. of them and rolling like both all every time rolling and laughter is medicine. And yeah. that's why anything it builds anybody trust. that can make me laugh is my favorite. You're going to trust them more too. And the harder you laugh, the better I'm gonna feel. Yeah. Laughter is absolutely a medicine. Yeah. And absolutely. they're coming, people come to the bar to get away. They gotta work all week. They gotta deal with their home life, their whatever family, bills, responsibilities. So when they do come out for that hour and a half, two hours, however long it is, they wanna have that like it's like going to an island, like a little mini vacation, you know? Like I am already dealing with the world and stress. Like when I come here, I don't wanna do it. I, I deal it's with nice it. to laugh. Yeah. You know, you can never, you know, laughter can Shit, do you like um, making drinks based off the vibe you get off a person? Like if somebody does say, hey, I'll make me something? Yeah, no, that's literally how they literally come in so and they're like, fun. give me the Larry special. Back when I lived down here, when I would come in sometimes and see you, I'd be like, make me something, whatever your drink of the day was. You always have a different yeah, one. Yeah, I, I, see, I, I love that. that daily. daily. Yeah. I did that about five times yesterday. That's creative. Like it's expression. Like you don't ever think, or I don't feel like it gets talked about enough amongst like bartenders that it's art. Like you're an artist. You're like, oh, I don't draw or paint. I'm not an artist. I'm like, no, you're a bartender. You're an artist. Technically, you're rum and coke. No, I mean, you art, say art is anything that makes you feel whatever. Um, express like you express you express in any yeah. kind of way because food is art. You know, life is art. You know, nature is art. It's its own art. You know, and what you know, even a. a, a a bullshit desk or chair that you might or a pencil that you might buy at the dollar tree so to say that's art itself anything is art anything that's you know just came up from the human mind that's creative in any kind of way is art that's why i was thinking about future guests i'd never really thought about architect until like, recently and conversation like, oh, is art yeah this is art right this is a type of art yeah making phrases building words like, and, painting and a dialogue that's what i've understood about you know certain art pieces you know like oh that's a, a million dollar piece but it's only bullshit lines or whatever but no the reason uh wh wh how i see it i don't know if it's a fact but this is how i see it the reason these people are paying so much money for this so to say bullshit art is because it's how it makes them feel you walk up to this piece and it's like for, for some reason this reminds me of uh, 30 years ago whenever i was five years old and my grandma was doing this and we went on this and we did this and i couldn't stop thinking about this and it was so fun 
this painting reminds me of the greatest moment that I can possibly remember. It evokes an emotion. And it's like, I'll pay whatever I fucking, I need to to get this. Yeah. I need that memory to live in my house. Yeah. And that's, that's art. Yeah. And also how, you're even. How something makes you feel. And knowing that journey that artists went on to create it too. You're, you're not paying just for that, the actual canvas and whatever, and the actual, whatever the paint cost. You're paying that artist for all the years of experience they got to be able to create that, you know, yeah. without all. It's one of those things like somebody will say, well, you charge so much for this. And it's like, well, because you're not paying me just for this time. It's all the hours and hours and days and years you put into it, you know. Yeah. So it does work both ways, too. It's how it makes you feel. And also it's paying respect to the person that created it. Same thing with making a drink. I'm big on I hate bar menus. You know, you work at a restaurant, it's got their cocktail menu. Cool. But when people ask for a menu, yeah, it'll be some crazy. Yeah, because some drinks get so crazy and it's it's inaccessible. Yeah, you got to be minimal. Maybe like no more than like eight drinks, maybe even 10 drinks max. Or don't put obvious. I wouldn't put obvious drinks on a menu or like a mule. Like if somebody wants a mule, like anybody can make it, especially if you have the proper little the glass for it. Whatever, but it's like, why do you have to, you're wasting space putting Moscow Mule on there or ranch water. It's like, of course we can make those. Like, if you want to feature five cocktails, do it, but don't put margarita. Yeah, well, no yeah. shit. You got yeah, tequila and sweet and sour. Yeah, Pop, and there's not a single regular schmegular drink on our, dude, all of our, <clears throat> excuse me, all of our drinks, bro, consist of at least like five ingredients. I feel like, too, the, the guest will, if for some reason, maybe it doesn't actually taste better, but like, if I'm making you something, like, you can name a drink and I'll make it for you. Cool. I'll make you a rum and coke. But I'd rather, they say, hey, let me see a menu. I'm like, what do you like to drink? Just give me like one or two little clues. I don't know nothing about you. Like, what do you normally drink? Vodka, rum, tequila. They'll name one. Just tell me what you don't like. Yeah. And then you go there and build something. And as long as they're not crazy picky, I'll tell them too. Like, you're not, some people know what they want in particular school. But if you're not picky, I love when somebody trusts me to let me whip something up. And I usually have the same couple of recipes too. Like, we're experimenting with recipes and we'll have like phases, right? Like these couple of months I'm making whatever drinks, but then you just know, like you were saying earlier, however many years experience, nine years, I got 15, you just know they're going to like it. Yeah, that's one thing I like too. It's like, fuck a menu. It's almost more heart into if I can make the drink for you. And again, even if so to say the drink isn't good, you know, even if that person, you know, that's not their favorite flavor or whatever. Again, what I was trying to say, <clears throat> I mean, again, coming back to whenever you ask what's your favorite drink to make, whatever, it's any drink, every drink. And that's the thing that nobody understands. And literally love and intention is an ingredient yeah not like yeah. the energy that comes with like compared to somebody that wants to do it next to somebody that oh i'm just doing it just because i i, I need a job reciting a recipe yeah exactly you can like, be the old italian lady that has the lasagna right. recipe and she can give it to you but you ain't got that extra ingredient yeah like exactly you said, and uh, where, where that came up with I actually got in trouble when i was first working at otoro <clears throat> and i had my buddy wilmer a good buddy of mine, he was uh, the manager, and he was when he was checking me, uh, and Joker, uh, he was right there at the time. Anyway, they pulled me to the bar because they're like, hey, too many people are asking for uh, your drinks. Like, what are you doing? Like, make their drink right here. I don't want to watch you. But he was doing, uh, he's doing his job. He's like, they told me not to get whatever. Uh, Again, he was a buddy, so I don't ever take anything personal. Anyway, anyway. I made the drink regular schmegler down from the recipe, but again, with love and intention, and they love the drink. It tasted just as good as any other time, you know, whatever. And uh, he actually was the one who pointed out, my buddy Wilmer uh, and Joker, both of them, they're kind of talking about the same time. And um, it was he, Wilmer said something in the lines of, uh, I, it's because I made it with intention and love. And Joker was like, yeah, there's just like one time 
I remember whenever I was really little and I was coming home from school and my mom made some spaghetti and it tasted so fucking good for whatever reason. And I told my mom, I, mom, this spaghetti is so good. You made it so good today. You make it all the time. It's so good. Why is it so good? And her response was because I wanted to make it for you, Mijito, because I love you. And that's exactly what you got to put in yeah. every drink. Crown and Coke, same shit. Fuck it. It's the intention. You still put your flair to it. You got to put that still put that, just the energy. energy. Yep. Just the way you pick up the glass and walk it over to them almost. It's just like, it's um, it's your own swagger. You know, it's its own. Slick. Exactly. Yeah. So you always try to say something slick. Even if you don't know them, you say something slick, say something funny. The way you're tossing napkin to them. Or the coaster. All that small stuff. Yep. They, that shit adds up. And it's just, you know, some, something different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you were talking earlier that you'll do private events like catering or if somebody has like it's a birthday or anniversary or something, um, yeah, you're yeah. down to do that. If somebody wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way to contact you as far as, hey, I want you, I got to whatever. We're renewing our vows out at this place. Come bartend for us. Yeah. So uh, if you need to reach me, uh, I do private events. Uh, me and my buddy Paco, my uh, business, uh, my business is called True Love Mixology. Dang. That's nice. We do business in True Love. And we make drinks in true love. There's your podcast, True Love Mixology Podcast. Boom. <laughs> you yeah. and Paco talk 20 or 30 minutes once a week about bullshitting about the week and tell some stories. And boom, successful podcast. Hundreds of views. Thousands yeah, of views. Absolutely. Y'all should do it, man. Because Yeah, yeah True Love Mixology, that's my business. Uh, it's me and Paco. Uh, I do have my buddy Dennis. And I have other people that can uh, work for us. We do small, any kind of events from small to large, uh, from one to four bartenders. Possibly more if we absolutely have an event that big. And you can curate the menu or if they want to do yeah, it, you yeah, have that. We can come up with anything and everything. Different prices depending on if you supply the liquor or if they're supplying the liquor. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't supply any liquor, actually. Like a certain license or something to that, I guess. Um, yes, I just, I just show up. Show up, yeah. And for the most part, I do mostly weddings and we usually have like people to buy bottles and like help like sponsorship, whatever. Um, when are you at Toro? Specifically, somebody wanted to get Tex-Mex and see you there. Do you have a set schedule there, or does that just depend? So I'm only working at Otoro Thursdays and Friday mornings for to-go's. Okay, so if you so want to-go to food, and delivery. Brazoria County, lunch, Thursday, Friday, you want Tex-Mex, go and to Toro. I work uh, Mondays and Tuesdays, every single Monday and Tuesday at Polypop. Uh, Mondays is My Time Mondays, and Tuesdays is Taco Tuesday. Oh, yeah. We got $2 tacos. We got media tacos. We got fajita rib meat and chicken and rice tacos they're all two dollars each we got four dollar handshake and margaritas five dollar patron shots and ten dollar jumbo mango nuts yeah. on tuesdays every single tuesday there's happy hour too right you have a badass happy hour happy like 6 30 or every single day from eight to nine drinks it's are half off half off the cocktail menu i used to get so drunk at that bar i love that place responsibly of half course i love polypop we do have a daily happy hour too for those day drinkers or whatever uh, called Pau Hana, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, just it's like a Hawaiian kind. Of, I can't remember exactly. But anyway, it's basically our daily happy hour, which consists of one dollar off domestic and imported beers, two dollars off well spirits, and three dollars off large ramen bowls. Hey. And that's uh, Monday through Friday from three to six. Yeah. So as you get off work, get a little pick me up. Yeah. Boom, yeah. Come by. And then. So yeah, if anybody ever needs to reach me, uh, Louis Salinas at Louis Anthony Salinas. That's on Facebook, and um, just reach me on Facebook or Messenger. I don't have Instagram anymore; it got deleted. Somebody hacked my shit. That's a whole pain in the ass, anyway. Fuck I need somebody life. to run if my social media. Anything would have got hacked. I wish it would have not been Instagram. It was the Instagram that got my hacked. Mo- that's my best one. 
You don't even want to start it. You don't even want to start it over again. I, it was a portfolio, so to say. Yeah. I mean, Facebook, yeah, too, but just Instagram is just strictly like portfolio kind of thing. Yeah. Especially if you make one for business. You got to make one now with just that mixologist. Da, 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 make it a brand. Make your, yeah, I need to stop bullshit. I'm not going to lie. I've I'm been, the same I've way. I've been burnt out these past nine years, and I, I really don't even want to do shit. I just yeah. like a break, a vacation, something. Take two so weeks and go recharge. somewhere. Take a week That's and go somewhere. That's why I only bartend twice a week now. And, for the most part, because oh, I just need that mental break. Yeah, that flame's almost going out, and I don't want that bartending flame to you know completely go out. Well, we're definitely going to talk again soon. It's long overdue. We've done I bullshit about this for two years. And I remember saying, this will be the fourth episode back. But I was even saying over two years, I was like, my first episode back, we're going to record. Shit, even before the podcast, we were talking about doing podcasts together. Yep. Yeah, because we can sit down and talk for hours. That's why this right off the bat is going to be one of the longest one I got. And we can sit here and keep talking and talking and talking if we had to. But just for the sake of the show length, we'll cut it off here. But appreciate having you on, man. Bro, I couldn't. Uh, it's been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. Hell yeah. Thanks again to Sweet Lou, a.k.a. Dirty Larry, a.k.a. my boy Louie, for letting me come record in his living room. And a special thanks to, because this doesn't happen all the time, obviously, special thanks to Daniela for killing it with the carrot cake and hanging out with us for a little bit. It's always good to see her, especially because she's moving away in March to attend culinary school. I don't know. I'm sure she's telling people this. I guess maybe I shouldn't have said that on air. But hey, congratulations to her because she's going to be awesome. I hope you enjoyed the show. I had a great time. Um, We could have kept the tape rolling. So there's no question that Louie will be back on again. I actually spent a lot of time afterwards trying to convince him to start his own show. I mean, I'm pretty clear he'd be a kick-ass host. Very charismatic, very charming, well-spoken. Got some good stories to tell, so. And no filter. And it's a lot of those ingredients to make a good host, I feel like. Next week's episode is featuring life coach Tammy Ernst. And she also hosts a podcast called Break Vape. Her main goal there is just helping others, you know, getting rid of their vaping addiction. It's something she went through a lot, and then she wanted to share with others her story on how she was able to tackle the addiction check out her show and i can't wait to sit down and have her on i think we're meeting up this monday so it'll be ready by next thursday for sure i have one more special thank you to everyone who made it this far it's a longer episode than normal i really appreciate the love and the support that i've been receiving since i started up the show again Uh, It really means a lot. I get goosebumps talking about it. Um, But until next time, you know, hang out with your mom or your grandma and enjoy some cake and conversation with them. Take care.